Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 36, and this is God's Big Story. Season 2! <laughs> it's a story. It's big! Never boring. No way! For his glory. Always! It's God's Big Story. So welcome back, boys and girls. I do hope your weekend was lovely, but we are back and ready to tear into week it. Hi, everyone. Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now. It's Marvin, the friendly, curious cow. So, Marvin, was your weekend lovely? Uh, not especially, Dave. Yeah, I kind of have a bit of a cold, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't want to go into too much detail, but there was a lot of mucus involved. Yeah, I think that probably was too much detail, Marv. Oh, sorry. Anyway, it is Monday, shall we? Yeah, let's do it, Dave. <laughs> it's Monday, it's Monday, it's Bible Racing Monday. Where's that verse? What's that word? Find it fast and beat the herd. It's Monday, it's Monday, it's Bible Racing Monday. <laughs> okay, boys and girls, last week we had a surprise entry from one of our jingle guys, and Mr. Joshua Martin beat all of you with a time of 9.06 seconds. Yeah, doesn't surprise me, Dave. Jingle guys are traditionally speedy boys. Okay, so, well, where are we racing to this time, Marv? Well, Dave, we're going back to the New Testament, and this week we're going to find the shortest verse in the Bible. So that's John chapter 11, verse 35. Ah, uh, okay, well, yeah, I do know what the word will be, because I do know what that verse is, but I won't shout it out until I've actually found it. So, well, yes, I have my Bible ready, Marvin. Have you got your stopwatch? Oh, yeah, I sure do, Dave. So, John 11, verse 35, find it in 3, 2, 1, go. Okay, ooh, I'm in Mark, not bad. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, John, John 1, John 7, John 11, John 11, 35, and it's, oh, where is it? Jesus. Hmm, not too bad, Dave. Yeah, so I knew it was going to be Jesus, because the verse is Jesus wept, but how'd I do, Marv? Okay, Dave, you found it in 11... Point four six seconds. Yeah, not too shabby. Okay, so boys and girls, see if you can beat that. And remember, send in your times via the Facebook post, the website, or you can email youth at edengrove.org. And if you're listening later in the year, have a look on the website. And if your time beats the top time that's on there, well, let us know and claim your spot. Yeah, do it. Okay, well, Dave, on to Hosea. Yeah, let's get to it, Marv. And well, we are getting close to the end of the book. And in fact, we will be finishing up this Wednesday. Okay, great. Now... Last week, you said there'd be some good news coming. That's right. After a week of hearing all about the sins of Israel, about their unfaithfulness, well, today, through Hosea, God speaks of his love for these people, for his disobedient children. Okay, great. So, well, what should we listen for, Dave? Right. Well, towards the end of today's reading, the Lord talks about what he will do against his enemies. So, what is it that he will do? And I'll give you a clue. It's something to do with an animal, a large one. Oh, okay, got it. Okay, well, over to you, Rona. Hi, everyone. Today's reading is from Hosea, chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. The Lord continues, When Israel was a young nation, I loved them. I chose to bring my son out of Egypt. But the more I called out to Israel, the more they went away from me. They brought sacrifices to the statues of the gods that were named Baal, and they burned incense to them. I taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up on my arms, but they did not realise I was the one who took care of them. I led them with kindness and love. I was to them like a person who lifts a little child to their cheek. I bent down and fed them, but they refused to turn away from their sins. 
So they will return to Egypt, and Assyria will rule over them. A sword will flash in their cities. It will destroy the prophets who teach lies. It will bring an end to their plans. My people have made up their minds to turn away from me. Even if they call me the Most High God, I will certainly not honour them. The Lord continues, People of Ephraim, how can I give you up? Israel, how can I hand you over to your enemies? Can I destroy you as I did the town of Adma? Can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is stirred inside me. It is filled with pity for you. I will not be so angry with you any more. I will not completely destroy you again. After all, I am God. I am not a mere man. I am the Holy One among you. I will not direct my anger against their cities. I will roar like a lion against my enemies. Then the Lord's people will follow him. When he roars, his children will come home trembling with fear. They will return from the west. They will come from Egypt trembling like sparrows. They will return from Assyria flying in like doves. I will settle you again in your homes, announces the Lord. Thanks, Runa. Okay, Marv, so what will God do against his enemies? He will moo like a buffalo, Dave. <laughs> uh, no, Marvin, no, he won't. Oh, yeah, just kidding, Dave. He will roar like a lion. Right, thank you. Yes. So, today we see this amazing picture of God, the loving Father who has cared for his people. Like a dad with a young child, he taught them to walk, he held them in his arms. And although they turned against him, although they went after foreign gods, and although he will punish them, they cannot extinguish the love of our holy God. You see, you might think, gosh Dave, we had all those chapters of God being angry with the people, and now we have this chapter about how he loves them. So does God get angry with sin and punish it? Or is God a loving God that forgives sin? But you see, the answer is actually both. Well, how can it be both, Dave? Well, Marvin, it's because of who God is. God is a million percent just. He cannot ignore sin. Sin has to be punished, and that's right and that's good. I mean, imagine in your school if the headmaster just let everyone do whatever they wanted, no matter what it was. So kids could get bullied or picked on, they might get called names. Classrooms and expensive equipment could be destroyed. Whatever it was, the headmaster just says, Oh, that's okay, everyone. Do whatever you want. Oh, but Dave, that would be awful. Yeah, he would be a bad headmaster. Yeah, a headmaster should take care of the school and take care of all the kids who go to the school. Exactly, Marvin. So how much more should God take care of the world that he made and all the people he made and cares for? So, of course, he doesn't just say, Everyone, do whatever you want. Treat people however you want. God will punish sin. But... Just as he is a million percent just, he is also a million percent loving and merciful. And he is always both. It's not like one day he chooses to be just and one day he chooses to be loving. Every single day he is both of those things. So let's think about that headmaster again. So you do something really bad. You set fire to your classroom. Now, you're going to get punished, right? Oh, yeah, of course. But does that mean the headmaster hates you? Does it mean that he wants you to get out of his school and never come back? Does it mean he never wants to see you again and doesn't care what happens to you? Oh, gosh, I hope not. No, it doesn't have to mean that, right? The headmaster could punish you because you did something that deserved to be punished, but he could still be for you, right? He could still be on your side, still wanting to help you to do your best, still wanting you to keep learning at his school. Okay, yeah, so God was going to punish the Israelites, but he was still kind of for the Israelites not against them. Yep, and we see that in today's verses. He roars like a lion for them and calls them back from their punishment. Okay, Dave, yeah, I think I got it. So yeah, God is always against sin, but he's always for us. 
Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it, Marvin. But here's a question. So, I still sin sometimes, right? Like yesterday, I pushed Hector into the dung pile. <laughs> it was hilarious. But yeah, I probably shouldn't have done it. So, will, will God punish me for my sins? Well, Marvin, here's the most amazing thing of all. The punishment for your sins has already been given out. And it wasn't given to you. Jesus took it on the cross instead. And you see, the cross is where we see those two things, God's justice and his love, come perfectly together at the same time. You see, like we said, punishment for sin has to happen. God cannot and should not ignore sin. But he loved us so much that Jesus came to take that punishment for us. So on the cross, we see justice being fulfilled. We see God being a million percent just. We see the price that had to be paid being paid. And at the very same time, we see God being a million percent loving and merciful. So you see, with God, it's not one thing or the other. It's not justice or love. It is always every day, both. So today, boys and girls, praise God that he is holy and just and thank him that he is also for us, always on our side. And most of all, we thank Jesus for paying the price for our sins. Yeah, you are right, Dave. That's a lot of good news today. Yeah, there sure was. So two days to go in Hosea. We'll have one more warning shot for Israel about what was coming. And then, well, like all the minor prophets we've read so far, we'll finish with a day of hope. Oh, sounds good, Dave. Okay, great. Well, we'll see you tomorrow, boys and girls. Bye. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. Music and jingles by Dave, Josh, and Josh. For more information and further resources, visit woodendonkey.org.